Good day to you fine people of God. I'm Pastor Cole McClendon coming to you from Central Assembly of God, Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. I trust that you will find great value in listening to this message today. My hope is that you're encouraged and strengthened by the word given and that you will return to this site frequently to listen in. Be blessed. My message today is titled, Lift Up Your Eyes. And I wanted to get started early on, kind of move through our worship service a little bit quickly because I've added, you guys are going to get something the 9 a.m. service didn't get today that I know will be a blessing to you and it's going to take a little while for that. I begin with a question with a message that's titled, Lift Your Eyes. Uh, We're not doing that video first, so... Uh, I'll give you a little heads up. Uh, If you have some of my notes up there, right before the third main point is where we're going to have that video. Third main point. I begin with a question, where would you be today if you hadn't become a Christian? Yeah, I want you to pause and think on it a minute. Where... What might your path, might your life have taken? What would be your condition had you not met Jesus? And I know a few of you here could say, oh my goodness. Even the fact that you're still alive is a thing. I want to bring a message today that will bring you comfort and encourage you I want to lift your spirit in a way that you will make your life have a positive impact on the world around you. And I'm going to do so from one of my favorite Old Testament passages. I'm sure many of yours, if I were to ask today, what's your favorite Old Testament passage? One of you would say this passage. It's Isaiah chapter 40. And we're going to begin at verse 21. If you ever need encouragement, if you're running a little weak and feeling like God is distant from you, go to Isaiah 41 and don't even skip to verse 21 like we're doing today. Just start at the beginning. But from verse 21 is where we will begin this morning in a message titled, Lift Up. Or lift your eyes. Lift your eyes to elongate it. Lift up your eyes. Haven't you heard? Don't you understand? Are you deaf to the words of God? The words he gave before the world began. Are you so ignorant? God sits above the circle of the earth. The people below seem like grasshoppers to him. He spreads out the heavens like a curtain and makes his tent from them. He judges the great people of the world and brings them all to nothing. They hardly get started, barely taking root when he blows on them and they wither. The wind carries them off like chaff. To whom will you compare me? Who is my equal, asks the Holy One. Father, I thank you. I know your intentions today. 
Thank you for cluing me in. I know people are going to walk out of here with their heads held high, sure of their position in you, strengthened and encouraged because of who you are. And I thank you for this in your powerful name. Help me convey it, Lord, like you want it conveyed so they, all who ever hear this, will get exactly what they need from your word today. Amen. God sits above the earth. We seem to be born with this innate understanding that there is God. This innate understanding. I'm talking all of humanity. Listen to these words. I'm going to give you the passion translation from Romans chapter 1 verses 19 and 20. It reads like this. In reality, the truth of God is known instinctively. For God has embedded this knowledge inside every human heart. Opposition to truth cannot be excused on the basis of ignorance because from the creation of the world, the invisible qualities of God's nature have been made visible, such as his eternal power and transcendence. He has made his wonderful attributes easily perceived, for seeing the visible makes us understand the invisible. So then, this leaves everyone without excuse. Humanity seems to fight this reality. Maybe you went through a personal battle on this front because you can grow up in church and have something dislodge your belief in God. How many of you out there now would be honest enough with this preacher to say, yeah, I grew up around it, I heard it, I understood it, but I walked away. Something dislodged your belief in God. Go ahead, lift your hand. It's all right. About a third of us here in the sanctuary. The two big T's of tragedy and trauma could steal anyone's foundation in Christ. You come into trouble, you walk into a situation or a circumstance, or a, life happens, and it just pulls the rug out, out from under you, and sometimes it can dislodge your faith in Christ. Put that together with our education system and all of us may battle doubts at some point. When I was in high school still, our science books actually presented the evolutionary process as a theory. But it's not taught that way today. It's assumed as the way things happened. Just shortly after I was out of high school, it began to transform dramatically at that point to where it seems that evolution is no longer taught as a theory. It's taught as fact. So Isaiah says here, how can you be so ignorant as if to suggest that there's no God? And I say it this way, I think secular humanity has great faith. I'll explain myself. Think on this for a moment. To believe that the universe with all of its vastness and complexity somehow exploded on the scene takes great faith. 
We have telescopes now that can peer so far into the universe that it's unimaginable to us. The telescopes can see stars that are over a thousand light years away. It's un, that's, you're just not computing what that really is. And that somehow all of that was just, it just became out of a big explosion. To believe that humanity with the compounded intricacy of our makeup somehow evolved from a single cell organism takes great faith. That somehow this came out of some primal goo. Just the makeup of your singular DNA structure. That that somehow just became from a single cell organism. No thank you. I don't have that kind of faith. Consider for just one moment with me how much effort has man has put into the creation of this little device. Consider for just a moment how many years it took to create this little device for mankind. How we put this together. But think for a moment, we did it. It was done at the hands of men. There are microchips in here that contain billions of bits of information right here in my hand. But we created it. It didn't just happen. It didn't just suddenly become a cell phone. Some of you have dreamed that you could have an actual smartphone. That it would just become, the one you have would become an iPhone 12. That's <laughs> your little track phone. You got it at the dollar store. It's not going to happen that way. Somebody had to create it. Somebody had to work hours and hours upon end. Think about how all of that information gets inside a tiny microchip. So I say secular humanity has great faith. Just misplaced. God, you see, sits upon the, or above the circle of the earth. And that word is a, that is a word picture, in fact, rather than a factual statement as if to suggest that God's just sitting above the circle of the earth. And the clear biblical intent is to give you understanding of the magnitude of God. That there is God in his greatness above all of this that he has created. The universe as we know it God set into existence and spread it out as simply as you and I might spread out a bed sheet when we make our beds. He did that. In verse 23, Isaiah is reminding us that no man, however great on earth, rises in power above our Abba. Daddy, God, is the word Abba. Even when they do raise their hands against us, God can simply blow his hot breath on them and they will wither. 
That's what Isaiah is telling you. Our life is such a breath, as it were, passing through and it's gone. Even if we live to 100 years old, it's still just unnoticeable in, in, in infinity. And so I want to call you to lift up your eyes today. Lift up your eyes. Here it is, these next two verses from the same chapter. Chapter 40 of Isaiah, verse 26. Look up into the heavens. Who created all the stars? It brings them out like an army, one after another, calling each by its name. Because of his great power and incomparable strength, not a single one is missing. Oh, Jacob, how can you say the Lord does not see your troubles? Oh, Israel, how can you say God ignores your rights? God is calling us to look up. Calling his church to look up. We were at, I was at our uh, granddaughter's uh, soccer game yesterday. The coach had to tell all those little kids, look up, look up. You have a destination, you have a direction, and there are also other people around. Look up. God's telling us here in his word, get your eyes off of all of this is that is right in front of you. Look up, trust him. He has your life in his hands. Stop looking at your circumstances as the determining factor on shaping your life. Stop looking at your job as your rescuer. Come on. Listen, stop looking at people as your de provider or deterrent. Let me build on that for a moment. Stop looking at people as your provider. The principle of tithing is the thing that directs your eyes from off of your ability and or people to provide your way. That's the reason we always teach or take a minute or two before we ask you to give because you've got to get to the place of understanding that you're giving as an acknowledgement of God being the one who supplies your needs, of God being your great provider, of God in his great generosity making a way for you. If you don't come to the point where you understand, listen, as long as you want to rely on your abilities, then keep tipping God. Keep coming out to church and just tip God. Throw a few dollars in the plate and then he will let you live your entire life based on your capability of earning your way. But if you want to step into the supernatural of understanding that God is your provider, then give a real tie off of your entire, entire income and go beyond that if you want to truly walk in his blessings. 
Because that's you saying, I'm taking my hand off of the control button. I'm releasing my funds, money that I work to earn, to God because he has the ability to multiply those things in a way that I will never be able to do. So stop looking at people as your provider, including yourself. And by the same token, stop looking at people as your deterrent. God can squash them like a bug under your feet if you will put them in his hands. And if he doesn't squash them, watch now, stay with me for a minute. This is the ouch part of that same message. If he doesn't squash them, then they're there to teach you something. Right? You understand that. God has the capacity to just go, and they're gone. If he set all this up, he can move that numb skull out of your way in an instant. If he isn't doing so, you're not putting all your faith in him or they are there for this moment for you to actually grow past it. That one's a freebie. They didn't even get that at 9 a.m., did they? That wasn't in the 9 a.m. service. Remember, you don't wrestle with flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, rulers that are established or set up to destroy you. Learn how to do your battle with God at your side. You are a spirit being in a physical world. You are a spirit being that will live forever that is housed in a physical body that's constantly decaying. Stop putting your trust in this and start putting your trust in God who is spirit the same as you are. Look to the eternal, not the temporary. Do you know there's nothing people can do that God can't undo? There's nothing people can do that God can't undo. He has that capacity. There is no mountain you cannot move with God's help. None. There's not a big enough, hard enough, difficult enough mountain that that you cannot move with God's help. And this requires faith. But I'm saying, I want you to catch the point. No mountain too big. Listen, life is hard and the devil is bad, but God's greater. I'm not denying this. (laughs) Life is hard. Some of you have had some hard knocks. Some of you are walking out some stuff that's so difficult. I get that. Life is hard. Devil is bad. Yes, he is trying to destroy you. But God is so much greater. Put your faith and confidence in him. Lean on him. This passage reminds us that we are part of a vast army in the Host of heaven awaits our call. Host of heaven waits our call. God can dispatch his angels at your call. 
Whatever he needs to do, he can do. He can do it. Whatever you need, whatever it is you're struggling through, God can make a way. In your struggles, focus on God's great power and incomparable strength. Lift up your eyes. Lift up your eyes. Stop looking at the stuff. Stop looking at the people. Stop looking at the circumstances. Lift up your eyes. Look to God. Here's the great news this morning. This is the good stuff. If you're taking your notes, don't miss this point. No one will fail at their appointed task. Yeah, I know, I sound like one of those prosperity preachers now. <laughs> Going to have to stay with me on this one. Get all three points here that, that align with this one. No one will fail at their appointed task. If God has placed the stars exactly where he intended for the stars to be, Surely, those he appoints and anoints will succeed. I want you to consider it for a moment. That's what Isaiah, this great prophet, is telling us in this passage in Isaiah 40. He's, he's doing his best to remind us to get our eyes off of the circumstances and the situation and the things that would drag us down and get our eyes on the great God of heaven who's right there. And if he can place the stars exactly as he appointed them to be placed, he can take care of your life. This fact, however, assumes that the task you are on is the task God has appointed you to. So every believer's success is not guaranteed on the basis of them being a believer. It's based on the fact that that believer is a sold-out follower of Jesus Christ walking the path he has appointed them to walk. Need to put a little meat on those bones. Lo, I am with you always, even until the ends of the earth, doesn't mean that we will find success doing something God never asked us to do. Again, back to the principle of tithing. It's the same idea. You do things your way, and you're going to get the best you can make it be. Did you hear what I said? You do things your way, and you're going to get the best you can make it be. Right, James? Yes, sir. However good, however much effort you put into it, that's the best you're going to get out of it. And the praise that comes out of it will be the best that people can give you. But if you will yield your life to God, if you will learn how to walk the way of Christ Jesus, if you will yield your pathway and control to the Lord, he will direct you down the path that is sure to find success. That you can bank on. 
the dividends and return to those who actually yield their lives to the Lord, they are huge dividends and returns. So what I'm saying is if God didn't ask you to do it, success is truly in your hands. The problem with us, we humans, what we like to do is we like to do things our way and then ask God to bless it. After you've made a total mess of it, God, would you please? Or worse, God, how did this, God, I don't believe this is happening. To, why does this always happen to me? I wish one time he'd just smack you upside your head and say it happens because you're not yielding your life to me. It happens because you made a choice. Live in a world right now that just believes that we should get all the same stuff but put, not put the same effort into it. And it, it applies to your walk with Christ. You want more with the Lord? Yield more. You want more gifts? Spend more time with God. I'm talking about gifts in the Holy Ghost. Spend more time with God. Spend more time in his word. You want to be a, a preacher? You want to have a class? You want to lead somebody? Get in his word. Spend more time with him. He'll open those doors for you. He's not going to try to keep what you have in you. If it's from him, shut up in you. Just give him more. So this fact assumes the task you're on is the task God has appointed you to. And the prophet reminds us that God hears us even when we whine. I know many believers don't believe they whine. But do you hear what Isaiah is saying here? Why do you say, O oh, Jacob? I do not hear you. Why do you cry out that I'm not listening? That's them whining. That's them complaining. God's just not listening. You've never whined, I'm sure. You've never complained. I know. That's that's other church. Those are other people. Let me read this passage of scripture and We'll go through it, Maria, and then you can, you got that, it's right ready, right? She's ready. Just about ready. Give me just a minute. We're going to look at this final section of this passage, the power, power to the faint. Have you never heard? Have you never understood? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of all the earth. He never grows weak or weary. No one can measure the depths of his understanding it gives power to the weak. I should give it for all of you. And the strength to the powerless. Even the youths will become weak and tired and young men will fall in exhaustion. But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. I didn't do this in the early service. I knew this was out there, but 
you guys come to the second service, so I'm, you're going to get a little, this is going to elongate the service. But I think by the time we are done, it will encourage you on a level that you're going to feel kind of blown away. So I want you to listen to this. This is a, a great preacher of our generation, Louis Giglio, who loves to explore the scientific. And so listen to this again, nine minutes. So this is going to take a little while. And those of you online, I trust you'll get to hear this. He says, praise him sun and moon and praise him all you shining stars. That's not just a poetic idea. That's really happening because stars don't just shine. Stars also sing. Let me just show you a couple more stars. This one is called the Vela Pulsar. And it's magnificent. It's a thousand light years away. It's a highly magnetized neutron star. Right. <laughs> it simply means this star exploded into a supernova. And in the case of the Vela Pulsar, it collapsed back on itself in a magnetic entity. And as the pulsar, it began oscillating on its axis. This one oscillates 11 times a second on its axis. And as it is oscillating, you can see what's happening. It's shooting a radio frequency out of itself. When they aimed the radio telescopes at the Vela Pulsar, this is what they heard. And this is what this guy does 24-7, day and night, 365 days a year. This is what, from a thousand light years away, the Vela Pulsar sounds like right now. This is it. Listen to this. about you but I that blew me away I'm thinking wow this is incredible you're like well what does it mean I don't know is that some kind of Morse code for something or what 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 does all that mean I don't know what it means but and I don't want to you know go too crazy here but maybe the Vela Pulsar got wind somehow innately of Psalm 148 verse 3 and says it says praise him sun and moon and all you shining stars we're a shining star we should praise him well how are we going to praise him I know let's oscillate 11 times a second on our axis and see if we can send a radio signal into the universe that would join in the symphony of of God's praise from all creation. It's singing. The stars are singing to him. I recently stumbled on 47 Tuck. It's a, a beautiful uh, cluster of stars. We'll show you the picture of it here. There are 12 of these super giant blue stars in there, but the things that are of interest to us tonight are these millisecond pulsars. And right now tonight, while we're sitting in this room, the 16 recorded millisecond pulsars and 47 tuck are making this sound right now. God has his own string section. 
peace. Isn't that beautiful? And we just looked at one 11 times a second pulsar and 16 millisecond pulsars, and you start seeing Psalm 48 come to life. But look down in verse 7. It says, praise the Lord from the earth, you great sea creatures in all deeps. The, the whale songs could sound like this right here. Take a listen. Big polluters are at it again, lying to protect their profits. Now they're lying about Representative Susan Wilde and the Build Back Better plan. Here's the truth. The plan will create millions of good-paying clean energy jobs by making big corporations pay their fair share. No tax increases for everyday Pennsylvanians. Lower utility bills for families. We don't know the expanse of the worship that is continually surrounding the throne of God. And our songs are great, but God isn't banking on our songs because he is surrounded by a symphony that's bigger than our wildest dreams tonight. Stars sing and whales sing and the birds fly. And I just tried to imagine what would it sound like if you could just for a second be God and hear what he hears. And I can't get us there tonight, but I, I came close. I had a friend who helped me with this little iPad program, and, and I'm not a DJ, but I, I just a little thing, just quickly, and I, I want you to see how this works. Now, this guy, we didn't look at his picture. He's PSRBO329-54, and he's only rotating one and a half times per second, which is not all that much, but we need him in our little experiment we're going to do here, okay? Um, and then we had the Vela Pulsar. You remember the Vela Pulsar, right? So that's that guy. That's a little too fast for what we're trying to do, so we're going to slow that down, okay? And so we're going to put the, uh, the millisecond guys in there, the ones you just heard. Here they come. need it really clear like what are they singing and we tried this and you just got to know this is unedited we just dropped this on and this is what happened this is what they might be singing
You want to sing along with stars and whales? Thank you, my God. You truly are awesome, Lord, in your creation. When you're ready, uh, we'll go back to my... Until you are made aware, you have no idea that this is happening all around you, 24 hours a day, Seven days a week, 365 days a year. God is listening to the praises of his creation. We get the privilege of a few minutes a week if we choose to join his creation in worshiping him. Pardon me. That's just emotion. He's everlasting God. He is forever. He does not decay. We build structures, great structures, and then Ida comes along and just blows them away. Or a hurricane like Ida. Or a flooding. Structures that we think are complete and will stand anything. God has no beginning. He has no end. No matter how powerful the telescope, we still cannot see the end of the universe God put in place. We had to develop them. Put them out in outer space. And as far as they can see, they still don't see an end. The universe just goes on and on. We can't even count the stars in our own galaxy. And there are galaxies that we cannot count. Ours is dwarfed by many galaxies. And they are everywhere. He's the creator of all of this. 
There's nothing that you can put your hands on that he did not, is not connected to. And therefore, there's nothing you can get yourself into that God can't get you out of with faith and fortitude. Lift up your eyes. Put them on God. If he can put all of this together, he can take care of your measly life. Your circumstances may seem overwhelming, but there is God in the middle of it. Lift up your eyes. Get your eyes off of the stuff, off of the things. Get them on God. He never grows weak or weary. It's hard to comprehend. It's a concept that we cannot, because truthfully, be honest now, you've never had a day that you didn't get tired. I don't care how young you were, you've never had a day that you eventually didn't get tired. You got tired at some point. There's no searching his understanding, the King James says. If you've ever been around somebody that's truly, I'm, I'm saying the real deal intelligent, you will find yourself amazed at their understanding. Some of you have heard of, know somebody that has a photographic memory. Any of you like that here? You know somebody has a photographic memory. It'll blow you away, their ability to recall. Now, one of our former district superintendent was like that. Brother Philip Bongiorno, he could, you tell him your name, and over a thousand of us preachers in the district, and he knew our names. He knew our names. <laughs> I've uh, listened to a message preached by Dr. Tony Evans. Just blew me away. Why it blew me away? It was a perfectly constructed message with three main points and sub points to follow and illustrations to fit in between. And he never once looked at a note. Not once. 45 minutes. Dr. Michael Brown. His level of intelligence, just it'll blow you away. I mean, some of you don't know who he is, but a few of us do and admire his writings and abilities. And he's a great asset to the kingdom of God, um, an amazing asset to the kingdom of God. There's no searching his understanding. There's nothing that has ever existed that God doesn't know down to its minutest detail. Nothing out of the scope of his understanding. God is vastly beyond all of these men that I've talked about. And, and, and remember, he can use that understanding to get you through every trouble you encounter. He's got it all. It's all stowed away in his understanding and he can utilize it to your advantage if you will lift up your eyes, if you'll put your confidence in him. The one who put all of this universe in place, the one who designed the stars that sing his worship, he knows your story. 
And so what Isaiah does here is he tells us that God is generous in with strengthening the weak and the powerless. And rest assured that when you need it, God will provide power to get you through whatever you're dealing with. Because when you're at the end of your capability, all God needs is a tiny amount of faith from you. Just a tiny amount of faith from you. Mustard seed faith. And you, excuse me, can engage God, the infinite being. You can engage him with just a tiny amount of faith. Mustard seed faith. The one who set all of this in order. seems that very often God only steps in when he alone can get the acclaim. <laughs> and I don't, that, that kind of paints God in a weird way that you may think is not good, but we don't realize how often that we seek the acclaim for things that happen and there are things that only God can do. There are circumstances that it can only be God that brings you through those moments. And I know there's several of you here right now that have never heard this, but when I was 12 years old, I'm not going to tell the whole story because we don't have time for it. But when I was 12 years old, I, I was swimming with some friends in a creek in Florida. And uh, I, I was under this coffee-colored water. That's the best way I could describe it for you. If you've been in Florida, that's the basically the color of some of the creeks that run there in Florida. And so all I know is I was on the bottom of that creek looking for clay, balls of clay that we were tossing at each other, as guys will do. And something hit me on the side of my head. I have no idea how, what was, I had no idea at the time what was going on. And all I did was pull back and swim up to the top. I'm bleeding here and here and here and here. And I'm out of the water. And in a moment, one of my friends feels something coming up between his legs as he sits on the side of the bank. He pushes at it. And it responds with a loud hiss. as alligators will do. And we all got out of the water and in a moment up emerged this alligator about 11 feet long. Now you try to tell me that God wasn't in that water with this little boy at the time. Try to tell me that. And I'll avoid trying to punch you, but 
you don't, you weren't there. You weren't there in that moment. I'll tell you, God's very real. This southern boy, yeah. I'm standing in front of you and there's just no way unless God is there in that moment. Now, 48 years ago. So, there are times that God steps in and he's the only one that can get the credit. Isaiah goes on to tell us that even young people get tired. Uh, with God, there's no exhaustion. And some of you will talk about your three to five year old that seems to have endless energy driving you completely mad on some occasions. Some of them carry it right through about 13 years old or more. But eventually they get tired, don't they? Really, they get tired. I, I can distinctly recall our oldest child hanging onto the side of his crib saying, I'm not tired, I'm not tired. I will not go to sleep, I'm not tired. It's too early. Got things I want to do. He didn't say that. I mean, he was two years old. So. Three, whatever he was. Eventually, they give out. But with God, there's no exhaustion. Can you imagine that? He doesn't grow weary. I say it this way. God has no quit. And he won't quit on you. He won't stop with you. Just lift up your eyes. Have a clear focus on him. And so I want to close the message today with this word. Will you wait? Will you wait? Because at the heart of trusting the Lord is our struggle to wait. The biggest hurdle for most of us is both impatience and real confidence. The great commentator that I use for this basis of this message, I was seeking out his knowledge and wisdom. W.E. Vine is his name. And here's what he writes of this thought. Waiting is not simply a matter of patience or even of longing. It means trust and the confidence which characterizes our hope. To experience this is to go from strength to strength, as Psalm 84, verse 7 says, drawing continually from the resources of his power. To mount up with wings is to rise above difficulties, to fly above the mists and darkness of earth into the clear sunshine of God's presence. So what is Isaiah doing? He's telling us to lift up our eyes. Get them off of the stuff around you. All of the struggles. I don't care what the politicians are doing. 
I don't care what goofy moves they make. It does affect my life, but it doesn't affect my eternity. God has my life and every day of it in his hands. I learned that at 12 years old. My life is in his hands. This we can do. We can trust God. We can wait if Christ is a reality to us. There is great value in waiting till the right moment, confident in the outcome. Write that down. Take the note. There's great value in waiting till the right moment, confident in the outcome. Vine or tree ripened fruit or vegetables, they are the best. My history growing up in Florida, I, I've, I've gotten oranges from the grocery store. Sorry, folks. I'm sorry about your luck. If you've never been in Florida, when they're ripe from the tree, you've never tasted a great orange. You can get some sent up here, but you got to pay some serious money and have them picked at the right time and have them shipped up here. Cost you about 80 bucks for a dozen of them. But that's the only way you've ever had or will ever have a truly ripened orange. But we can say the same thing for peaches and plums and apples. Because you can get some actually tree ripened fruit here. Amazing stuff. Man, go, go to one of these roadside stops right now. Pick you up a thing of peaches. Get one of them about that big. And you have to lean over to take a bite out of because stuff is coming out all over your chin. It's worth the wait. That's what I'm trying to get you. It's worth the wait. There's a proper moment when God unfolds his plan. When he creates in you and within you exactly what he wants to do in your life. When it's the perfect moment, if you will wait, it'll happen. God will do it. God will come through. You're not going to miss it if you will wait. But you're not just waiting for the sake of waiting. You're waiting in confidence because your hope is in the everlasting God who created all of this that we get to enjoy. Your hope's in Him. You're not just waiting to wait. Ladies, you know the truth. The dough has to rise till it's right to bake it. With God, all things are possible. And so I say this, this in closing. Refuse to look at the circumstances only. Come on, refuse to look at the circumstances only. Get your eyes off of them. Get your eyes up on God. Refuse to be led by your own or others' abilities. Come on. People are just people. They are limited in their scope and capability. Even the best of us. We're limited in our scope and ability. Now, get your eyes off of people. Get your eyes on God. 
hear it this way. I'm getting down to the final two points in the message and you gotta get this. So fill, I'm giving you a moment to fill in your notes. Until you wait on God and walk out the circumstances, you may never really experience genuine faith. I'm gonna say that again. Until you wait on God and walk out the circumstances, you may never really experience genuine faith. We all want the freebies. We all just want God to go through and us not to have to go through stuff. We want God to come through, I should say, and we don't want to have to go through stuff, but you're going to go through stuff. Your faith is going to be exercised or need to be exercised for you to experience the fullness of it like ripened fruit. And here's my final point. If you will let go of the control button, I'll say it again. If you will let go of the control button, trust God and wait in active faith, the impossible becomes possible. But you're not going to get it until you let off that control button. Yeah, they're developing cars right now that will be autonomous and they have auto control. You'll be able to take your hands off the steering wheel. It's going to happen at some point that you can take your hands off the steer, steering wheel for, for a long while. They're trying to develop cars that you won't even have a steering wheel in. Don't know if that'll ever happen. But it's coming. My point in saying all of this is when will you pull your hands off of the steering wheel? Let off the gas and say, God, it's all yours. Like Isaiah, this same prophet said, here I am, send me. When you can actually say that and mean it, you're going to find your life full of success. You'll have the joy and satisfaction of genuine service of the Lord and walking His pathway, His way. And even when you have struggles, which you still will have struggles, even when you completely release it to God, everything to God, you're still going to have struggles. But when you do that, watch what God does in showing up for you in your life and the satisfaction that comes with that. Would you stand to your feet? Don't know if you have it, but seems like an appropriate time to sing how great is our God. Sing with me how great is our God. Oh, we'll see how great, how great is our God. mind just bowing your head close your eyes for just this brief moment
I can't possibly know everybody's circumstance, situation, or story. But it's entirely possible that you walked into this service today and you're not in a right relationship with Christ. It's entirely possible that if he were to rapture his church out of here right now, if he were to come and take his church home, you can't say that you know you would go with him. And if that's your story, if that's your situation, it's possible that you've gone down some pathways and been in some places that you never should have gone. You've known the Lord, but you walked away from God. If that's your story today, but you want to change it, you want to be sure, absolutely, positively sure that you're going to spend eternity with God, remove the question mark today and ask Him into your heart and life. If that's your situation, see, I need to make things right with the Lord today, preacher. Lift your hand right where you're at. Thank you. Is there somebody else? Lift that hand up. Thank you. God bless you. I'm going to wait just a moment. You want to remove the question mark. You want to take away the possibility that you might not make it. You want to renew your relationship with Christ. Maybe you walked with Christ, but you've walked away. Lift your hand up. Say, I got to make it right today. Thank you. Here's what I'm going to do. Everybody, you can look at me now. It's one thing to lift your hand and say, I, I really got to make things right with the Lord. I know it's convenient in your privacy to do so, but Jesus said these words, if you're ashamed of me before men, I'll be ashamed of you before my Father in heaven. Sounds harsh. But there's a way to erase that harshness from it by taking the bold step to leave your pew and come forward and acknowledge, I'm going to make things right with God. If you can't do it here in church where we're all cheering for you, how are you going to do it in front of the world? Would you come if you raised your hand? Would you come forward and say, I'm going to make things right with God today? Would you do that? Come on, erase the sting of it. May be that you've come before, but come on. You raised your hand. You mean business with God. Come on, let's let's set it right today. Let's make it right today. this brother I know that it's a return it's it's a getting things right I'd rather him walk out of here and know things are right and remove the question mark I don't care how he comes to the conclusion I'm just glad he concluded that Jesus is the right way so y'all help me pray with this brother you pray along with me brother Lord Jesus I need you Thank you, Lord, because you died for me. I give my life to you. Please forgive me for my sins. 
Today, I am yours. I'm leaving the past behind. I'm walking forward with you. Amen. Amen. God bless you, brother. So, Lord, we fasten our eyes on you. We look to you. We know you are the author and finisher of our faith. We put our confidence, our hope in you. You are eternal, and you've made us eternal beings, and we put our faith, our confidence, and hope in you, Lord. Thank you for dying on the cross for us. Thank you for giving us eternal life. And thank you, Lord. There is no problem too big for you to solve. And so we place our lives in your hands. We take our hands off the control button and let you lead, Lord Jesus. In your powerful name we pray. Amen. 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 God bless you, folks. I hope you've enjoyed today's message and that it has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening in. If you have met Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, would you please connect with us either at our website, www.centralfamily.net, or perhaps give us a call at 610-865-0577. We'd love to hear from you. Also, if this has been that kind of a blessing to you, would you consider blessing us with a financial gift to make it possible for us to continue to do what we're doing here and taking the gospel not only to the Lehigh Valley but around the world. We want to do our part in reaching 
the people that God has entrusted to us with the gospel of Jesus Christ, you can help us with your financial gift or sowing a seed to this ministry. God bless you. Have an amazing day. Remember, you can reach us and give through www.centralfamily.net.